Hello. My name is Dr. Mercurio Arborea, and I am the founder of the Arborea Institute. Through our unique blend of benign pharmacology, sensory therapy, and energy sculpting, we can guide you to a new, better, happier you. You're about to embark on a great journey. Let the new age of enlightenment begin. What is at stake is more than one small country. It is a big idea. A new world order. It's no longer a theory. What I'm about to say is fact. The secret organizations of the world power elite are no longer secret. They have planned and are now leading us into a one world communist government. Welcome useless eaters to the Odd Man Out podcast where we talk about hidden history, depolitical policy, occult deconstruction, economics, religion, and philosophy. I'm your rabbit hole aficionado, the odd man. Welcome. Presbyan is, and I uh, can't say that I'm surprised. A lot of people thought it was going to take a long time. They're going to drag this out. It's 2020. You'd think we'd have a more organized process, but of course not. We don't. And maybe it's purposeful. Uh, yeah, I heard G. Edward Griffin the other day on a podcast say that He was afraid that they were going to drag the election out, make it look like Biden won. You know, Fox News was even saying that Biden was winning right off the bat before anybody else had even started announcing certain states. And uh, anyway, they're going to portray that Biden won because they are in social media, on corporate news. And then in a couple of weeks have a couple of these different uh, trials or whatever's going on, and then boom, oh, no, 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 no. We figured out that Trump actually won and caused a full-blown civil war. And, you know, I can totally see that happening. There's no question. It seems like they're trying to push us, the powers that be, into a civil war. You know, we've talked about that a lot. They want the people divided. And then I think about, well... You know, as I've mentioned previously, everybody got so much more divided under Trump. I mean, it was pretty bad under Obama, especially the first uh, administration. But by the second, it had calmed down quite a bit. Then here comes Trump, and uh, he was a divider in chief. And I think they all are. I think that's their main job is to keep the people divided, keep them distracted. It gives The mass is someone to praise and someone to blame, and therefore they keep the focus of what's going on behind the scenes, behind the headlines. So it just so happens Trump won, and people are more divided than ever, and all this crap is happening. And the more one side pushes, of course, the the more the other side clings on to him and looks to him for leadership. And then you have the Q thing going on and Antifa. And these are just more layers that we didn't have to deal with in previous elections. So everything is really ramped up and partly because of social media. Although social media has been a blessing to those who truly want to share information that people otherwise couldn't share with very many people. So it's a double-edged sword, just like many things are. I was going to do this episode and call it the Trump administration postmortem and look at the pros and cons of the Trump administration, but they haven't decided and I don't want to do anything prematurely. So I'm just going to talk about what's going on a little bit. You know, I, I don't normally like to do these topical issues, but you know, the 
national elections, the presidential election is special. And it is, you know, it's a bigger deal than the other elections and the other normal political theater news stories going on. Um, so who knows, man? I mean, it just, when you really watch people, when you look at how the people behave, how easily malleable the masses are, it's really disgusting and it's really depressing, honestly. But you see how we've talked about the more one side pushes against the president, the other side worships him. You know, it's this back and forth, this uh, paradigm, this uh, extreme one way or the other. But we're so divided now that it doesn't matter. Like, a candidate can be, his legacy can consist of policies that the party hates, but they'll still go totally for him just to avoid the opposition leader taking office. So it's not about the policies. It's about the parties. It's always about the parties over principle. And um, that's nothing new. It's just ramped up in this uh, political climate that we're in now. And, you know, everyone can see that. And those of us who've been able to step somewhat outside of all the emotions and outside of the two-party system can see how people are being used and how the people are being pitted against one another. Um, and we're so divided and tribal right now, and really for the last couple of years, that a politician has so much power, whatever he goes for, the opposition's going to go against. So you can really use that reverse psychology, those uh, reverse psychology psychological techniques against masses of people. And it's just amazing. The people don't think about that. You know, guys, the the normies, the people that you come in contact with every day, don't think, even for a second, that what they are hearing from their preferred media outlets isn't real. They, they don't think for a second that really there's more to the stories than what they're being told. They just see in this simplistic view, and that's the way the corporate media and their handlers, if you will, and government in the upper echelons want things. They want us to see through this simplistic view, and they can play their good cop, bad cop, and and they can just uh, continue to divide the people and uh, really just get what they want done without the people even noticing what's going on. People are so easily controllable. And the fact that uh, Biden is winning and probably has won, even though this guy, almost 50 years in the beast political system, 50 years, this guy has to have more connections than a 1971 Zenith TV. I mean, this guy... You know, I, I was thinking today, I was driving down the road, and I was thinking, I bet this dude has done so many things that he could be blackmailed for. And they know that, the global elites and whoever, and they know he he can be controlled so easily. I mean, they probably have pictures with him and some eight-year-old boy, you know, or maybe multiple ones. Who knows? And they can make him do whatever they want. And, of course, he will. No big deal there, right? And you look at, as we go back to the DNC candidates, and you see how so many of them were out of those Rhodes Roundtable groups, either CFR or Rhodes Scholars. And I saw today, just a few minutes ago, Richard Grove had uh, sent out a tweet saying that Biden had picked, uh, let's see, this guy's name is Emmanuel. I wasn't familiar with him. Zeke Emmanuel is Biden's coronavirus task force leader. And, of course, Zeke is another Rhodes Scholar. Over 100 years after Rhodes died, like 120, I think, 
and left those seven wheels behind. All of these Rhodes Roundtable linked people are still at the top of government. How is that not taught in school? How do college majors not know about the Rhodes Roundtable groups? The Chatham House, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, the Rhodes Scholars, and how many have been in important places of government. How is this not known? It is a travesty, and it is just horrible that it is not taught in school. But that doesn't surprise us, right? Because you go back to foundations, their power and influence by Rene Wormser, and he explained how all these big businesses, these large monopolies like the Rockefeller Foundation, Ford Foundation, Carnegie Endowment, and the like, had basically, through their philanthropy, through giving to public education, had been allowed to control public education and control what is studied. And that has not changed. I was looking at something my son was doing online for school, and wouldn't you know it, Carnegie, it was a, it was a paper by Carnegie, or not a paper, but a program uh, by Carnegie. And uh, they have been around for a hundred and probably 30, 40 years, I would imagine. They got their hands on all kinds of stuff, but they really stay under the radar. So, so much has changed, so much is still the same. And Biden, I mean, it's just insane that this dude, this dude loves to talk about writing the Biden crime bill. And people who voted for him and are proud of themselves for voting for this guy don't even know anything about his record. I saw that Shane Claiborne, he's like this, uh, the Red Letter Christians, he's a member of that group. And he's, you know, he's actually said some really good things about faith and stuff like that in the past. But when it comes to politics, he's just a, you know, he's just a Democrat. And he was, he posted something on Instagram about how, or maybe it was uh, Twitter about, now we can go forward with Joe and Kamala and this is such a good day. And I was like, dude. The half the things he talks about are how we need to stop being violent. We need to stop these wars and stuff like that that I agree with. Yet he's supporting a guy who bragged in front of the Senate that his crime bill made it 51 offenses qualify for the death penalty. I mean, these people have no credibility anymore. They have none. Joe Biden on video before the Senate once again, saying that he wrote the Patriot Act in the 90s before the real Patriot Act. He said it was pretty much word for word what he had written. And I'm sure he had help writing it, but still, one of the most authoritarian acts or bills that's ever been put forth to take freedom away from the American people and just walk all over the Constitution. But none of that matters. None of that matters. So we are where we are. Uh, who knows exactly what's going to happen? Are they pushing? Are they fomenting a civil war? Do they want to do it just so they can get the U.N. troops in here? Or perhaps they want to try and turn the U.S. military against the people and see how far they can take it. Because you got to remember that a pretty large percentage of the military voted for Joe and Kamala. And then you look at Kamala. This long history of locking people up for minor offenses like smoking weed and possession, using Joe's crime bill to do it. It's just amazing. And these people who support them have really fooled themselves into believing that these people are what they wanted in office. They are openly supporting people who are against the policies that they claim to be for. And, of course, I talked about that under the Trump administration, how conservatives were supporting a guy who's big government, big spending, not good on the Second Amendment, you know, and many other things that I don't agree with. 
it's almost as if, and I don't know, I can't prove it, but wow, if this whole last four years had been a PSYOP, a PSYOP to divide the people more so than ever, and then the election now is a further continuation of that PSYOP where people will be pitted against each other and so they can split us up and destroy us from within, inside out. That is a communist strategy. And obviously, it's not going to be communism at the top. It's going to be fascism. But the people will be under a type of socialist slash communist system where they get so much money from the government. And if you're getting money from the government, if you are your only source of income is from the government, you've got government health care, they're paying for your lodging, they may be paying for your transportation, you're never going to complain. You'll be afraid to complain and say anything. So people don't understand that freedom comes with responsibility. Freedom comes with having to struggle. Freedom comes with having to try and be independent. And those that are dependent are slaves. There's no, there's no way around it. But people don't understand that because they have been taught just the opposite. I don't see how they can't understand that, but... You know, when they get you real young and they drill that stuff into your head, you almost cannot get it out of your head. And it'll be interesting to see if Joe, Joe Mala, takes it, what the right will do. And I talked to my last podcast that I, I said that I think it would be best if they did win. Because, yes, the New World Order will come even faster, but finally... Surely, people will begin to stand up and stop waiting for the stupid plan. You know, I had a Q guy uh, message me on Instagram the other day, and he's telling me that Q has Operation Looking Glass technology that allows him to see into the future. And therefore, he can see that Trump will eventually win. They'll find out there's all of this fraud. And Kamala and Joe will be arrested, as well as many, many more. And my first thought, of course, was, well, why would Q be the only one with Operation Looking Glass Technology? Do you know how, how much people would pay, governments would pay, billionaires would pay, people who wanted to rule the world would pay to have that technology and could see into the future? And there's no way it would be just one person, Q, that would have that technology. It would be this terrible, terrible war of people using it to try to get control of the world. I don't know, but uh, maybe that's why things are so chaotic. But I don't believe that. Because if you had that technology, we wouldn't even be at this point. Trump could have used that to win and know what the enemies were going to do way ahead of time and expose them. So that is just silly. And, of course, this Q guy went on to talk about the Gesara and the Nesara and the utopia and how all ills would be cured, there would be no sicknesses anymore, and no one would have to struggle anymore financially. It's the same old utopian BS that uh, Alice and Foster Bailey and Blavatsky and all those people were pushing under theosophy and are pushing now. And it's a new age. It, the Q thing is has so much new age influence. It's just mind-boggling. You know, I did a, a show on that. Go back and listen to it. But it's just unbelievable. I keep seeing more and more. And it's amazing these people still believe this. And hey, you know, God bless them. Uh, I'm afraid that... There's going to be some people who are let down so terribly bad from believing in this stuff when the opposite happens. I mean, there's been no arrests in any major way. That stuff's been being said before Trump was even elected last time. Hardly any of the things have come true. I mean, there's been busts uh, with uh, 
you know, child trafficking and, and sex trafficking, but that was going on under Obama too. It just didn't get quite as much play because there wasn't a cue to talk about it. So it's just, they need this chaos and they need the division and they need it so people will accept whatever comes next. And we know that Joe will implement harsher lockdowns, probably mandatory masks. Uh, we're going to get the vaccine. People say, well, Trump said it wasn't going to be mandatory, but he was also saying that the uh, military was going to administer it. And that doesn't make me feel good whatsoever. I mean, come on. Open your eyes and stop being a worshiper and understand you don't need a vaccine for something that has killed so few people. It's just ridiculous. They've shut down the world over this thing, and it's economics. It's over economics. It's over global economic power. It's a shifting of power. It is a, con a consolidation of economic powers, and they have to get the people under control. And these constitutions, Bill of Rights, these things are in the way big time. They've been wanting to get rid of them for a long, long time. And there, there's just a continuation of trying to get rid of them little by little. And it's closer than ever. You know, they've been chipping away at the different amendments for ages. And uh, that's how they've been doing it. But now it seems like the chipping is getting more and more frequent and the strikes to chip them off are getting harder and faster. So I don't know exactly what's going to happen if the people will rise up, but I know that if they keep on waiting for this plan, whatever this obscure idea of a plan is, then they're going to be in some major trouble and they will be slaves before they even realize that the whole thing about the plan wasn't even real. I'm reading uh, Foster Bailey's book about the future. I think it's called What's to Come. He wrote in 1973, constantly, constantly talking about the plan and the brotherhood of man and how we need to give up national sovereignty, that it's basically a sin. National sovereignty is a sin. And how we need to stop... Um, we need to stop living so high on the hog so other people can live better. Now, it's exactly what the UN and people in the New Age and, and people on the left are saying now. It, the book is unbelievable. It's just like somebody from the DNC wrote it. Um, except for it's got, you know, this New Age spiritualism kick to it. And it's all about the coming utopia, just like, just like Q is talking about the utopia, the Gesara and the Nasara and all that, the thousand-year reign and everything. They're mixing it with Christianity, just like the New Age does, and they are fooling a lot of people. So, what is going to happen? I wish I could say. I wish I could say. Um, you know, if... Biden gets it, and he starts cracking down. Oh, by the way, I read an article today. It says that Biden is looking at Larry Fink, president of BlackRock, for Treasury Secretary. Just like I reported in my, I think it was episode 30 on the podcast called The Philosopher's Black Stone. And so we talked a lot in there about BlackRock and Larry Fink, and we even mentioned that Larry Fink was being considered for Biden's administration. And so the article that I read earlier today just confirmed that. Larry Fink, one of the richest, most powerful men in the world, making deals with China, trying to get the U.S. military to start buying Chinese weapons. The guy is a globalist. He's all in bed with the global warming, climate change. We got to, you know, do all these different things, the Green Deal, the green, and the New Green Deal and all that. And I've said many times the New Green Deal is going to be the biggest gift to uh, 
crony capitalism, corporatism, protectionism that has come along since probably 9-11. There's going to be so many guaranteed contracts for these this rebuilding, Build Back Better. Go and think about this. Build Back Better, that was a UN theme from, I think, 2016, maybe 2017. Uh, and then Joe just took it because he is a puppet and he's a part of that whole global cabal. But um, it, it goes right along with Paul Krugman you know, the famous progressive economist, Paul Krugman, in his broken windows fallacy. I mentioned this on the last boiler room I was on, I believe. But it's all about breaking windows for a better tomorrow. Basically destroying so we can rebuild. And this is exactly what the military-industrial complex does. When we go over and get involved in these unconstitutional foreign entanglements, and as they say on no agenda, we rubbleize these foreign lands and destroy their infrastructure. We destroy the businesses where the people work. We just we destroy the roads. It's just unbelievable. And then, oftentimes, after we destroy them, then American taxpayers pay to rebuild those places. It's like Eustace Mullen says or said, there's big, big money in rebuilding after war. And as long as these incentives are there, incentives to make weapons, incentives to uh, build all these different types of vehicles and different systems that work with war situations, and as long as we rebuild these nations, then there's always going to be war. There's always going to be war. And you know what my belief is. My belief is, after everything that's been said and done, I finally realized a couple years ago, oh no, the New World Order and the military-industrial complex are the same. They're one and the same. And I know that, not just by watching these modern wars in Afghanistan, Iraq, Libya, Yemen, but by reading books like Shadows of Power by James Perloff, where he explains in there that we, the Pentagon, the, the Department of Defense, has been in bed with the Council on Foreign Relations ever since the Council's formation. I think in the 1920s, I believe, 1920, 21, something like that. And as I mentioned earlier, the Council comes right out of Cecil Rhodes' wills, and there's multiple Council on Foreign Relations around the world. There's even city councils on foreign relations. And there's the Council of Councils, which is the CFR's major council to oversee all other councils. Is that not something? And it goes right along with the United Nations. And they work hand-in-hand -hand with Agenda 21, Sustainable Development, and Agenda 2030. And you have... As I mentioned before, the Trilateral Commission, you don't hear as much about them, but they're still very powerful. The Atlantic Council, it's a very pro-war institution that our military works hand-in-hand -hand with. They're globalists, too. Why would the Department of Defense in the United States work with globalists like the CFR, whose stated goals from the very beginning is to create a global government governance and end borders, destroy state sovereignty. Why would they work with them so closely? Go start looking at these top generals and these military men and see how many were or are in the Council on Foreign Relations. You look at Colin Powell, Council on Foreign Relations, Petraeus, Council on Foreign Relations, I don't believe Mattis is a council member, but he's spoke there several times, and I think even just recently. And speaking of Mattis, I look at how Woodward, Bob Woodward, let the cat out of the, out of the bag that a bunch of these top military guys, including General Mattis, were thinking about overthrowing the president and staging a coup. And I tried to warn people about Mattis when he first got picked, because, yes, he was on the board of directors of General Dynamics, and I knew that there would be war under him. 
a no-brainer. And I think that's one thing, the main thing, that the global elite, the military-industrial complex, which is the, probably the stronger, the strongest arm of the global elite, didn't like about Trump. They, it wasn't that Trump was conservative or a libertarian. He doesn't have those values and those uh, staunch bedrocks, those, those foundations of, of ideologies. But he just is stubborn. He's his own man in a certain way, and he wasn't about the wars because he saw them as wasteful. And he had tweeted about that a lot before he was president. And so he wasn't going along with all their military engagements like they wanted him to. We were still bombing the hell out of Afghanistan and Sudan and dropping a record number of, uh, of um, our drone strikes and stuff like that, but he wasn't going along with Syria. He, he kind of did, then he didn't, and then it's kind of a mixed bag. But they just want somebody completely pliable to just go up there and be a total yes man. And, uh, of course, Biden is their man. And if he can last, and if he doesn't, of course, you know, Kamala will just take over and probably bring in Hillary or uh, one of these other awful people. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because they're all just about the same, and they are for sale to the highest bidder. They're not going to put anybody up there that has, like you're, like you're never going to see another Ron Paul. You're never going to see that again. Not in my lifetime. Probably never. Because the guy had morals, principles. He never went, he never went back on his principles ever. They they sabotaged him the RNC, and just like the DNC sabotaged Bernie, even though Bernie doesn't have those principles. But then again, he's old, he's been a lifer politician, and he's probably probably just like, well, you know, I might as well go along with it because they'll just kill me if I don't. And, uh, you know, but really he wasn't even a real socialist. Uh, but they're never never going to have somebody who has these principles that stands outside of the two-party system. And, and you know, me, I've said many times at the top, it's one big club, just like Carlin said often. It's mostly one big club. And uh, it doesn't matter about your little parties. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or a Republican. Up at the top, it does not matter. And you can tell that by looking at institutions like the Council on Foreign Relations and all the Democrats and Republicans that are in it. And they're not the only globalist organization by any means. Take a look at the top probably 20 political think tanks. The Brookings Institute is another one that goes hand-in-hand hand with the CFR. The Chatham House in England, which is the CFR's sister organization, it's just uh, there's multiple, um, there's the Israeli Council on Foreign Relations, there's the Mexico Council on Foreign Relations, there's many of them. And there's also a number of Chatham Houses, or they don't call them that, they call them the Royal Institute of International Affairs, and there's other institutes of international affairs besides just the royal one from England. It is a tight-knit tight-knit, very well-funded set of organizations that came out of the diamond mogul Cecil Rhodes, his wills. He had seven wills that were to be implemented, doled out to create a global government. And he wanted it to be ran by the English. He thought the Brits were the top of any people in any land. And so he wanted them to take over the world and have a global governance and to get into every facet of government, of the press, of the private sector. And that's exactly what has happened over time. And so every administration is filled with these globalists and if you, if you listen to this show, you know that I took the, the line from Dennis L. Cuddy where he says that people are policy. And so all these people have the same beliefs, the same globalist beliefs, and they don't even really have to 
have a conspiracy, a written out conspiracy, a well thought out plan, because they all think exactly the same way. And it's just amazing. People cannot get through, like the, the normal people, they can't get through their heads that the elite plan things out so far ahead. 25, 30, 50, 100 years ahead. And the things that are happening right now have been planned out for over 100 years. It's just that they've tried time and time again to do these things little by little, little by little, and they keep failing. And I think they were getting desperate because, at least under Trump, people were really starting to get nationalistic again. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. There's no problem with being proud of where you come from as long as you don't use that as an excuse to let your government do evil things. And that's exactly what happens a lot of times because the people don't stay vigilant. So that's when nationalism gets dangerous. But nationalism, as far as we're just proud of our people and we're proud of you know, our heritage, that's not a bad thing. You have to have culture in any uh, society. And you should be able to have culture in any society and be proud of that culture. But that doesn't mean that you defend the government no matter what, because the government is not the people. And they are not to be trusted. Not the U.S. government, not the Israeli government, not any government, because it's baked into the cake. It's baked into the cake for bureaucrats to become self-seeking, for them to look to organize and to try and better themselves and their family and their friends. It is baked into the cake for bureaucrats to make the bureaucracy grow because it makes them more important. I talked about this in the last show. So this is where we are in the United States of America. We have a government that is mostly inept, ineffective, worthless. We have representatives that haven't done, excuse my language, jack shit for the people in so long. It's unbelievable. They're in there to make a paycheck, get that health care and network. And I, you know, I mean, this is pretty obvious. It's almost like they're just there for show. Um, it's political theater and you might have a couple good ones here and there. But for the most part, they're in this B system. And the longer they're in the system, besides a couple of people like Ron Paul, then the more corrupt they are. And Joe Biden is a used car salesman who has always been for sale to the highest bidder. I posted on my uh, Instagram a couple weeks ago. I may have put it in one of the last two shows, but there's an excerpt in there where he's talking in front of this group and he's like, you know, lobbyists are not bad people. People who take money from lobbyists are not bad people. If a lobbyist gave me money and they wanted to have a, a meeting with me, I'd say, sure, come on in. You know, it's these little things that they say that gives them away. And uh, there was another one where he said something about, about uh, I, prostit I prostituted myself. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, it's uh, amazing what these people have done to us and how they separate us. Most of these representatives that we're supposed to look up to aren't worth walking a mile in our shoes. They're, they're not worth half of what we are, even the lowest among us. In fact, a lot of them are as bad as any crook, any thief. And it's time that we start realizing that a lot of these people do not deserve our respect. They are supposed to be serving us. They are paid they are paid with our money. Why do we act like we serve them? They will I mean it's just the way mankind works. It's the way of humanity. They will enslave us if they have to to get us out of their way so they can stay and live high on the hog. It's like, you know, it's like Ron Paul used to say, uh, throughout history, most of history is consisted of people being slaves. And this whole idea of liberty is a new idea, even to this day. It's only a few hundred years old. 
And so it has to be fought for. It has to be protected. It's not something that you can just, oh, it'll be there tomorrow. I'll protect it tomorrow, but today I've got Netflix and chill. You know, we've done that for so long, and we've also repeatedly voted in these shysters and crooks for so long just because we didn't want to get the, um, you know, the opposition in. And we've just allowed it to happen. And these crooks and thieves, you know, I, I think that we would rather have a crook and a thief as a representative as long as they had the right initial by their names, i.e., D or R, than to have a good representative who had the opposite initial beside their names, you know? I mean, obviously, we know that. That's so true. You don't even have to think about it. So, a lot of this we have done to ourselves, and we deserve it. I mean, I hate to say it, but we deserve it. My generation deserves it. The generation before me deserves it. It goes on and on and on. And granted, previous generations didn't have as many tools to do research on and to find out these things, so a lot fewer people were able to understand what kind of soft tyranny they lived under, what kind of creeps ruled over them. But they were kept in a constant state of fear over a foreign boogeyman that was going to kill them and rape them and hurt their children and do all sorts of evil things to them. The governments have used these foreign boogeymen for control of the people for decades, and they started to run out of these foreign boogeymen, and now they have C-19. And best believe they're not going to just give up on C-19 because Biden's in office. I don't believe that for a second. They're going to use this. We'll see C-20, C-21, 22. I don't know what they're planning, but it's far from over. They've kind of run out of the old foreign entanglement boogeyman as a threat because the people have kind of become too intelligent because we're able to communicate to one another across oceans. And the, I think the, um, the string on the sweater has started to come unraveled and the people are figuring out, hey, it's just like um, in 1984, people are figuring out that 1984, while it was fiction, it wasn't fiction. This enemy that they kept talking about in 1984, this foreign enemy, I think it was Oceana, if I'm not mistaken, was coming to get the people so the people had to stay subservient and do what they were told if they wanted to be safe from this awful enemy, this awful enemy. So... We've had that happen to us over the years so many times you couldn't even count them. And th that threat of the foreign enemy has been used to take our freedoms away. It's been used to tax us half to death. It's been used for all sorts of things. It's been used for the betterment of the bureaucrat and the betterment of the military-industrial complex and the betterment of these multinational corporations and investment bankers, but not for the betterment of the regular people, the average people who actually make the country work. It's been used against us. And my only hope is that people, a lot of people are waking up to that. And another hope I do have is that if Jomala does win, that the people will rise up in a meaningful way. Like I said, instead of waiting for the plan, they'll rise up in a meaningful way. Because there ain't no Operation Looking Glass going to save your ass. You understand? That's a fairy tale that somebody made up. I don't know why they made it up. Maybe it is controlled opposition just to get the people to stand down and wait for the plan. Maybe it started out real and the dude that was doing it got taken out and we don't even know it. And now it's just disinformation to keep the people at bay? I don't know. I can't tell you. I don't know if we'll ever know for sure. One thing I do know is rights are slipping away and the control over the people is becoming greater and greater. And our leaders are not fit to lead and our representatives are not fit to represent us. 
And if something isn't done, we're going to be just another one of these foreign nations that was conquered from within. And, you know, if they have to kill a bunch of us, they'll do so. If they have to enslave a bunch of us, they'll do that too. But it's the elite against the people. That's all it is. And it doesn't matter if the elite are Republican or Democrat because they don't care if they're Republican or Democrat. The only thing they care about as far as parties go is how they can use those titles, those parties, those tribal letters to pit the people against the people. And that is, my friends, the gist of it. I appreciate you listening. Uh, This was a rant. Yeah, I know. But I wanted to get it out there because um, it's just what I felt like talking about. And uh, I hope to start doing more shows again on the occult and secret societies and hidden history. That's what I want to do. I don't really like these topical things. But, you know, it's the presidential elections. It's a bigger deal than any other of the, uh, you know, the political circus stories and headlines. And, uh, you know, I've talked about it so much with uh, my friends from the Boiler Room and and other shows that... uh, I figured I needed to do one myself, one last one perhaps. There might be a couple more, but um, anyway, I really appreciate you listening as always, of course. And uh, I'll uh, go ahead and uh, do some cleaning up. I'll clean some house here and mention a few things that I desperately need to mention. As always, I want to mention my friend who owns Higher Perspective LLC and for all your CBD needs, please check out higherperspective.net. Again, I've known this dude for almost 25 years, been a great friend to me, and he started his business after he got laid off from work. And it happened right at the COVID shutdowns. So any small business has a hard time, but During the COVID shutdowns, it's almost impossible. So if you're in the market for CBD products, please check higherperspective.net out. And also, while I'm talking about it, me and my wife, my lovely wife, make jewelry on the side. She designs it, makes it all beautiful. It's all these different types of wood. She just started doing it as a hobby. And people started wanting to buy the jewelry. So she makes it all beautiful. And then I make the cards to put the jewelry on. On I uh, put the hooks on, the, the chains, the clips, and all that kind of stuff. So guys, if you need to get out of the doghouse, which if you're like me, you sleep in the doghouse quite a bit. But if you need to get out of the doghouse, check out Marble Springs Studio on Instagram. Check out all the jewelry on there and see what you think. And girls, if you want to check this out, I think that you'll be very happy you did because each piece is one of a kind and there's nothing else like it. So on the more serious front, okay, one of my old mates from the band days, he has a sister who used to hang out with us a lot and was a real good friend to the band. And We just found out that she has colon cancer, and it's nothing to mess around with. And so, you know, she's a great mother, grandmother, sister, daughter, and if you can help her out, well then, I'd really appreciate it. I'm going to put her GoFundMe on there. Um, she's in the fight of her life and, uh, all the help she could get would just be great. So I will put Stephanie's GoFundMe on my show notes page. And, um, you know, if you're at a place where you can give and you feel led to, then please do. But if you can't, please send her some good vibes. If you're a praying person, please pray for her, meditate on her beating this. And, um, With that being said, guys, don't fret too much. God's in control. And uh, we just have to take whatever comes in the best way we can and handle it in the best way we can. It's about how we handle these situations, 
what we're given, the situations we're given. We have to make the best out of them and do what we know is right. So do that. Love one another. Love your family and friends. Be forgiving. You know, I don't get real religious on here, but, you know, do the stuff Jesus said to do. It's You can't go wrong. I mean, it's forgive, love, reach out, help people, because who knows what the future holds. And, hey, I love you guys. Never forget that. I want to thank you for listening once again. Cheers and blessings. And remember this one thing. Their order is not our order. See you soon. 